Well, good morning, church. It is an honor to be here, to be doing this for the first time. So be merciful with me as I work through my nerves, but it's just an honor to be in, in the house of the Lord always. Every time I'm up here, I'm always humbled just to be in the house of the Lord. So before I even start, I just got to give God all the praise and all the glory and all the honor because one, he woke me up. He gave me breath in my lungs. He gave me this opportunity to be a minister of the gospel, which is a humbling experience in itself. So I just have to start with just doing that. Thank you to my wonderful husband for opening the pulpit to me and believing in me, even when I didn't believe in myself. I love you. Thank you for your prayers and your encouragement. It means the world to me. Because when he asked me to preach, I said no. I said nope, nope, no thank you. But then the Lord started dealing with me. He started dealing and he wouldn't leave me alone. Just the Holy Spirit kept pricking me. And I led prayer this past Tuesday, and wouldn't you know, the topic was on obedience. I said, Lord, you just got a sense of humor. Okay. And so as I was uh, praying, I began to minister to myself because, you know, when we are in in a spirit of disobedience, we try to justify it based off of fear and doubt. It's the reason why we don't obey. But God calls for obedience at all times. And so I said, all right, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I hear you, Lord. So I'm here, y'all. I'm here. Praise God. So let's open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and tender mercies that are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. We, right now, Lord, we just call down your spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Just saturate this place from corner to corner, Lord. And Holy Spirit, just minister in me and through me and allow the gospel to go forward unhindered. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Okay, so you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We will be reading out of verse 24 through 29. So as you recall, we have been covering the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teachings to the people as he ministered to them. So we've been covering it for about two months now, two months we've been doing it. So I'm going to do just a quick recap on what Jesus ministered while he was on the Mount. So First of all, he was bringing the kingdom of heaven to the people. He was literally telling them the kingdom is at hand. I am bringing you the news of the kingdom. So he started off with what? The Beatitudes, right? He was saying that the kingdom of heaven is bringing blessings to the people. Right there. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. And from there, he moved on and he said, we are the salt and the light of the earth. And then he also said we co- that Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it, to fulfill it. So right there, he let his mission be known, that what his purpose was to do was to fulfill the law. And then from there, he taught us how to pray. He taught us the Lord's Prayer, simple words on how to just go before the Lord. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's just as simple as that. And then from there he said, where, where do we store our treasures? We store our treasures where? In heaven. And from there, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Then he moved on to saying, ask, knock, and seek. And Pastor Josh said, let's turn the paradigm on that, and let's say that we're asked, seeking, and knocking for the kingdom. That is what Jesus came to bring, and he says, if you ask, if you seek, and you knock, the kingdom is there right there because I'm bringing it to you. And then he said, enter into the narrow gate, because narrow is the gate and straight is the path to heaven, but the, the wide is the road and wide is the gate to destruction. And then he said, let us all do the will of our Father so that when it comes time and you call my name, I will know you. And so that brings us now to his final conclusion of the Sermon of the Mount. So let's read it. Verse 24, the wise and foolish builders. And Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So Jesus now had been spending time at the, on the sermon building his case. He was delivering the teachings and the standards of the kingdom. He was laying out a, blue, a blueprint on how kingdom living is supposed to go. He let us know how to pray, how to live, how to be. Excuse me, I'm just going to take this off. Don't mind me. So he was building a layer. His word was a layer of foundation on our lives. He was preparing us as believers for 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So his word that he was giving was the layer of foundation that he was building in the hearts of the people listening. He is doing the same to us as we read the Bible, as we read the words of Jesus. He is laying a foundation for our belief system. He is laying a foundation of how we're supposed to be. He is training our hearts and our minds as believers and saying, he's our coach. And he's saying, I have come and I'm bringing the kingdom news from my, from my heavenly father. The training starts now, right? The training starts now. As we're in church and we're listening, we don't come just to sit in our chairs and hear a good message and leave. No, the training is beginning. When we come into Christ, we are starting to lay the foundation down. What does that foundation do? So at the end, he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. What immediately sticks out right there in, in verse 24 is, 
Therefore, everyone who hears and then does what? Puts them into practice. Everyone who hears and puts them into practice. They're a tandem. It's not everyone who hears is a wise man. No, it says everyone who hears and puts them into practice. That's a verb. Those are two verbs. Those are action. Those are action words. Hear and doing. So what does that, that remind me of? Well, turn to James chapter 1. Verse 22 through 24. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 24. And when you have it, say amen. Amen. Okay. It says, do not, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. If we do not act on what we are learning, we will forget the word of God. We will forget the teachings. We become inactive and passive because we're not acting on what we're learning because we're not doing it. We're like toddlers. We're like my little Lola. I tell her, Lola, don't do that. Don't go over there. What did mommy just say? Don't do that. She will leave two minutes later and she will go do the same thing that I just told her not to do. And I will say, Lola, what did I just tell you? Um, that's us. That's us. When we come to church on Sunday, we hear the message. And then Monday we forget and we're back in the same lifestyle. We're in the, back in the same mind and mentality that we've been in. We're like toddlers. We're like the little toddlers. We, we are like the man who looks at himself and then turns around and doesn't remember what he looks like. James laid it out because he said, you have to be what? A doer of the word. You have to be doers. You have to be active. We are not complacent Christians. The Lord, when we come into Christ, that's not it. We didn't just make it. We have to do our part. We have to do the work. I was an athlete. I was an athlete. I ran track. I was fast, but you know what? My coach, Bobby Kersey, he would say, talent only takes you so far. Those that know why can beat those that know how. There's some people that know just how to run. They can run fast, but they can't tell you what they're doing, why they're doing, or how they're doing it, right? But those that actually study, put in the work, those are the ones that go far. Those are the ones that become Olympians. Those are the ones that are the elite athletes. We as believers of Christ have to be elite because why we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, we are not of this world. So as we begin to, to understand what Jesus was bringing, what he was bringing to the people, we can understand that we're called to maturity, that we are supposed to be applying what we learn. So then Jesus says, everyone who hears the kingdom news and puts it into action is what? What did he say is what? It, a wise man. And, then, and, and why is that? Because their foundation is set on the rock, correct? And who is the rock? Jesus. Say it again. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 4 says this. They ate, they all ate the same spiritual food and they drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Jesus. The rock was Jesus. And right there, Paul is talking about when the children of Israel were walking through the wilderness, that they were accompanied by the rock, and that rock was Jesus. They were eating of the rock. 
Psalm 18 says the Lord is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our deliverer. Jesus is the rock of all rocks. He is the bedrock. It starts with him. So you have to understand that he is the rock of Gibraltar. There is no other rock to stand on. All the other little tiny rocks you want to stand on, they ain't got nothing on my Jesus rock, okay? Okay? So a wise man or woman knows that their foundation, what their foundation is, because they've been putting in the work and they've been trusting in their training. So when verse 25, it says there, when the rains come, when the streams rise up, when the winds blow and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, and that rock is Jesus. Hallelujah. So when the external forces come in in our lives, the calamity, the chaos, the conflict, we are unmoved. And why is that? Because we remember the word of God and we stand on it. We stand on the rock. That's what the wise do, right? That's what we want to do, right? Come on, church. Give me something. Hallelujah. Yes. The word of God says this. We battle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness and evil forces in heavenly places. But when we understand the word of God and we're applying it, we, re- we are not afraid. So we can go into the spiritual realm and we bring the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. We begin to speak against our situation. We speak against those spirits. You have to understand that you are not battling the flesh, you're not battling sickness, you're not battling conflict and relationship, you're battling spirits who are devising schemes and plans to take you down. So that's why the word says that our weapons are not, carn- are not carnal, they're not of the flesh, they're not of this world, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So what is your weapon? Well, again, the word of God, what does it say? Our weapons are our helmet of salvation. Then we have the breastplate of righteousness. What's next after that? We have the belt of truth. Well, let's move on down. What's on our feet? The preparation, they're prepared with what? The gospel. And then what am I, what is, what is blocking the fiery darts of the enemy? The shield of faith. And then what do we do and go and slay the dragon with? The sword of the spirit. Yes. So we are prepared. We are equipped. We are not weak Christians. So when the storms come, When the storms are rising up, you are able to stand on the rock because you are well-equipped. You are prepared. You have the sword. But when we do not understand these things, when we are not applying these things, what happens when the trials come? What happens when there's a death in the family? What happens when we're sick? Are we prepared? Are we ready to go to battle? Or do do we forget? Do we allow the enemy to... What does he do? He, he, he begins to deceive us. He, may, he begins to make us feel we're not prepared. Then we become inactive. We become passive. Then what happens when you're inactive and passive? You become spiritually soft. You become spiritually soft. You become spiritually lazy. And then what happens? And the enemy's able to fool you. He's able to make a fool out of us. Jesus spoke about that. What did he say? Let's, let's look back again. Let's read it again. Verse 26 of Matthew. Jesus said, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came up, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. 
When we are spiritually soft, our foundation is soft. Then we start sinking. We start drowning. We're, we're being tossed like a wave to and fro, right? We become foolish. We're, we're foolish. We're foolish. And some say, how, how so? Well, foolishness means a lack of wisdom and sense. How, how many of us have lacked some wisdom or sense in our lives? Tell the truth, shame the devil, right? Okay? So then what happens? We're foolish. The foolish are rash, right? The foolish react. As soon as something happens, they've fallen out. We get scared. We get scared. We, have, we, we, we freak out. We start running with a chicken, like a chicken with their heads cut off. We forget all our training. We forget that we're supposed to be prayed up. We forget where our foundation is in the rock. That's what the devil does. He's, he gets into our minds, and he starts, he starts messing with our training, messing with our head, and he starts bringing doubt in. That's what the devil does, right? So then when the winds come, we fall out. And then the, and then the devil... When, when he is making a fool out of us now, because now we forget our foundation, that's what James said. We look in the mirror, we don't remember who we are. We don't remember who we're looking at. So then he, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to send something, just something to, to really mess her head up right now. So then as soon as we get, we're, we're in our heads, we're affected, we forget we forget that we are part of a royal priesthood, that we're a child of God, that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. That's what the devil does to us, right? That's what he does. He got us out here having pity parties for ourselves. Listen, Pastor Dozier, I never forget when Pastor Dozier said, we need to stop having pity parties and start doing more praise parties, right? That, that's what the devil does. He'll have us have a pity party. He'll have us start writing guest lists. Oh, who are we going to invite to the pity party? He started, you know, I'm going to invite, I'm going to call Sarah because Sarah, she just, I can cry with her and we just cry together and have ice cream and we'll watch Netflix, we'll just binge out and devil's like, yes, yes, call Sarah, call Sarah, yeah, right? Right? So, you know, I, and, and I'm not just saying that, that that's y'all because let me tell you, I, I, had, I had my own pity party. I was in it. I, and I called who I thought was Sarah, but God had other designs. So listen, when, when I don't know, everyone might know, but uh, my middle son, Judah, he was born premature at 30 weeks. And so I had been on bed rest for essentially two months. And then I went into premature later, labor and I had him at 30 weeks. It happened so quick. I went to the hospital, had him a, an hour and a half later. They immediately, as soon as he was born, they whisked him away. I didn't even get to see him. I didn't get to see him until the next day. And so when I saw him, he had tubes connected everywhere. There's wire tubes beeping. He had a, a mask over his face uh, for jaundice. And I looked at my son and I was like, that's not my son. I don't know. This is not my son. And then immediately I started feeling sorry for him. Like, look, look at what is, you know, I started feeling sorry for him and then myself, I was mad at God. I was just, you know, how could you do this, Lord? I, I'm, your, I'm your daughter. I, I thought I was prayed up and prepared and prayed against this and you still allow this to happen. I was also on bed rest with my son Elisha, but I ended up going full term with him. So when it happened with Judah and they said, you're gonna be on bed rest and all these other things, I was just like, okay, you know, I'll just do the same thing and I'll, be in prayer and trusting God. And 
And then to still have him prematurely and, and not make it, I, the, the devil had me shook. I, I was shook. I'm going to be honest. I, I was questioning God. I was questioning my, uh, my prayers. And so I called my friend Zalika. I, and Zalika has been ride or die since Elisha. She, she came all the way down from Pasadena uh, just to give me a pregnancy massage because she was a masseuse at the time and pray over me. Um, that's how strong in faith, that's how great our relationship. So I said, I'm going to call Zalika. I'm going to call her. And I, call, I got on the phone and I was like, Zalika, I just had Judah and I just saw him and he, he had all these wires and, and he, I can't even barely touch him. They just wanted me to only, you can only touch him on the head and the feet. That's all I could do at the time. And I was crying and she stopped me. And she, she interrupted me and she said, sis, let me tell you something. He needs your prayers and not your pity. Let me say that again. He needs your prayers and not your pity. She said, you need to go and get the word and surround that incubator with the word of God. You write it down, you write scripture down, and you surround it with the word. Every time you step foot, you begin to praise God that he is alive, that his heart is beating. You begin to just pray over him and see him not as he is, but who he will be. So I was like, hung up the phone and I said, all right, I'm back in the game, back in the game. Praise God. I remember my mission. I got my mind realigned. I remembered my training and I said, okay, I wrote down scripture. My husband, he wrote it over. We got it on cue cards. We laminated them and we just, we put it all around his incubator. Every time I would step foot in that hospital, I was stepping foot on the rock. I was solid. My foundation was reaffirmed because I remembered, I remembered my training. I remembered that Jesus had already given me his instructions on what to do. The very word was, was Judah's meat. It was his bread of life. So I, so when I came in there, I didn't see my son at three pounds and nine ounces anymore. I saw him, I saw him as a tall strong young man. I saw him beyond what my physical eyes could see because that is what Jesus is preparing us for. When we are in battle, we are supposed to stand on the foundation that is the rock. We can't allow the enemy to continually deceive us and make us feel like we are sinking on sand. That's his mission. But you have to understand, we have to understand what our mission is. What is our mission? To live out the word of God, to speak it, that we are empowered, that we have the strength to go into any situation and speak against it. We can stand in any storm. We can stand in any storm and and endure it. We can endure it. Why? Because he says our foundation is on the rock. So from there, I understood the word. What is the what does the word do? The word is our, is, is our meat. It's, it's what our teachings are. So first thing to do, the word trains us is worship. Worship God. Come into any situation first with worship and praise because that's why we're created, right? God said that we will worship the son of man if we don't, the rocks will. So that's what we should do. Above all things, before we start laying out everything that God already knows is happening, just worship him. 
Our, our worship is our weapon. Our worship is our weapon. It confuses the enemy. Do we not remember the story of Gideon? When they blew the trumpets and they sounded out, the, enemy, the enemy's tents were confused and they started stabbing each other. When we go into our battles and into our storms and we start worshiping God, the enemy becomes confused because he doesn't understand why we are worshiping. He's saying, you are, you are fighting hell right now. Why are you worshiping? Uh, because that's what my God told me to do. I'm worshiping him because I am created. You know what? I'm worshiping him because Jesus just brought the kingdom to our feet. He just brought the kingdom message. The son of man has just come before us and given us the kingdom so I can worship God right now because I know where I'm going. The battle is already won. And from there, when you begin to use the word, the word is the truth and the Lord and the Bible says what the truth shall set you free. That's what it says in John 8 31. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and it will set you free. So if we know the truth, then anything the, the devil tries to tell and deceive us, we know it's not, if it, it's not in here, it's a lie and it has no base. It's baseless. And we can throw it back to the pits of hell where it came from. But we have to understand that. We have to understand. We have to see the taxes of the enemy, the tactics that he comes. You know, we can't underestimate him. So, you know, I told the devil, you had me. You had me. That was good. That was a good one, devil. You had me for a second. You know, I was wrong. I was, you know, had me saying that's not my son. Oh, that was a good one, devil. And then you look at him and you say, get thee behind me, Satan. Go back to the pit of hell where you came from. All the lies, all the deceptions. That you, that you put in my head is not from God, so it's not truth, so I cast it out of my mind. You have to, we have to understand that, because if not, we get caught slipping, then we, we're sinking. Then we're sinking. And then from there, from using the word, we have to pray at all times and in all circumstances. In all circumstances, that's what we're called to do. We need to spend more time in our, on our knees and less time in our head. We need to spend more time praying than pouting. If we're not prepared, people of God, I want you to understand, we are all going to face trials. It's in, the Bible says that. But we, what is it says? But have faith, take heart, because he has overcome the world. So if we understand we're going to face trials, are we ready for that test? What happens when we are in the middle of our storm? What happens when the winds are blowing? and the streams are rising, and the, and the rain is coming down, do we start to freak out at the first sign of rain? What happens when we get that doctor report and it has the C word on there? Do we begin to sink down and start going, allowing our mind to take us to those, the places of what that means to have cancer? What happens when we get that phone call that that loved one has passed away? As believers... We cannot be passive because then what happens? We're not doing our job. We're just Sunday Christians. We just want to come and hear a good word and feel good. But when we're in the trials, we have to remember that we are prepared and equipped with the kingdom of heaven in our hearts. We have the keys to the kingdom, y'all. We can stand on the foundation of the, of the rock and be in the storm and realize that Jesus is a calm in the storm. He says that you can speak to the winds and tell them to be still. 
He says that you can walk across water because he's on the other side. That's what my Jesus says. So I'm encouraging myself. I'm encouraging myself because it's all good when you're writing and you're reading, but when you're in it, when you're in it, that's another story. But, I, but thank the Lord that he is so merciful that he says you have another chance. He said, I know you didn't make it this time, but you'll make it next time because I'm going to remind you because I'm with you. So we pick ourselves up, we dust our stuff off, and we say, all right, Lord, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm ready next time. Okay, the devil, he, he threw something at me. Oh, block it. All right. All right, what, what does the word say? I am more than a conqueror. No weapon for it against me shall prosper. If I'm not here, I'm going to heaven, so I already won. We already won, y'all. We already won. That's half the battle right there. Removing the fear, letting go. Letting go of it all and just saying, I trust you, God. Your will be done. That's what Jesus said in the prayer. In earth as it is in heaven. So if it's his, if it's his will, then that's already what he designed in heaven. So then we don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to sink and fall out. Every time the wind starts blowing. Because it's going to blow. Jesus said it's going to blow. He says it's going to rain. But what are we going to do? Where are we going to stand? Where are we going to stand? So finally, as Jesus summarizes, right? What does it say in verse 28 and 29? said, Jesus, when he finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So Jesus spoke with authority because he knew where it came from. It didn't come from man, but his heavenly father. So when we, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we now have access to that authority. We now have access to the authority of, of heaven, to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And there, after that, he gave the great commission and said, go forth and make disciples of men. He gave them the commandment. He gives that to us now. He's given us the authority. So with that authority, it says what? In Luke 10, 19, it says, he has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome the power of the enemy. So if we have the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, we have the authority to speak to our situation and speak against it. We have the authority to, to cast demons out. That's what it said in Luke Chapter nine, it says he gave them a power to anoint, to heal and excuse me, to heal and to cast out demons. That's the authority that we have given. There is no greater authority than that. So in any situation, in any storm, when we are standing on the rock, now we, we understand our authority and we take the sword of the spirit and we speak boldly and loudly. You cannot tremble. You cannot show fear when you are facing your enemy, whatever your enemy is. But if you are not walking and understanding that authority, then again, what happens? We become weak, uncertain, doubt, fear. 
But take heart when you come today or any other day, as long as you are alive, you have an opportunity to come and reassert yourself, realign yourself, remember your mission. You can speak against anxiety when you wake up and your heart is beating and you can barely breathe. You said, not today, Satan, not today. My God is greater. He already told me, what am I worried about? Tomorrow has enough worries as, as, as of its own. That's what Jesus said. So I don't need to worry. I don't need anxiety. I speak against it. You, you uh, what do you call it? Faith until you make it. Okay? Just keep speaking out on faith. Okay? You just keep proclaiming it over yourself. That's the authority. We have the authority of the kingdom. When Jesus was here at the Sermon on the Mount, and he had spent all this time just giving the people different a different message, different messages and teachings and bringing the, the words of heaven to their feet. He was preparing them and finishing up with just saying, if I, all this that I have said, all this that I have spoken to you now, if you are not putting it into practice, then your foundation is sand and you will fall every time. You will fall every time. But people of God, if we understand that we are standing on the rock and that the words of Jesus go before us and we are living it and speaking it, then when the storm comes, we will not be moved. We will be unmovable. We will not be frightened. We will not collapse. And listen, that, it's easier said than done. It is easier said. I'm the first to admit it. I'm the first. I am a work in progress. The fact that uh, when Pastor Josh said, go preach, and I said, no, it tells you that I'm a work in progress. I was like, no, I can't do it. I, I'm not ready. Some, I had all the excuses. But as I said, our God is so merciful, and he is with so much grace that he allows us to work through our mess. He allows us to realign and remember our training. And I said, all right, Lord, I remember, I remember the word. I'm going to go to the word. I'm going to go in prayer. I'm going to go on my knees. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to pray myself up here. That's what I did. I'm going to pray myself up here. Hallelujah. So remember, we're going we're gonna to worship. We're going to use the word and we're going to pray. That, that is how we become doers of the word. That's how we become doers of the word. That's how we use our training to prepare in the storm and stand on the foundation so that you don't have to be afraid of what tomorrow brings. You don't have to be afraid of what the enemy is trying to scheme up because why? The battle was already won on the cross. The battle was already won. And we have the kingdom of heaven right there in our hearts. So there's nothing that we can't endure or face. There's nothing that... Does, if, you know, I'm going to say this, because this, this was a hard one. I was having a conversation with my sister, and we talked about our children. Because if you think of the story of the, the rich ruler, right? When, the, when he was coming and said, what do I need to do? And, and, Jesus, and he said, I, you know, I give to the poor. I do all these wonderful things, right? And he said, uh, give all, uh, sell all you have. Give all your possessions and follow me. And he couldn't do that. And some of us may read it and think, oh, we just need to give up money, right? We just need to, um, you know, not hold on to money as much. But what if, you know, God asked you to give up your children? 
What if you lose your child? What if you have a miscarriage? My sister had four miscarriages. Will you still follow him? What if something happens to your spouse? Will you still follow him? Can you stand in the storm and say, God is with me? And I said, Lord, I I don't ever want to experience that. But what if we do? Will we follow him? Will we continue to serve him? Will we continue to pray to him? What happens when we endure those things, people, God? Family, what do we do? That is part of what Jesus is explaining. Follow my words. Do my words. I'm preparing you to be in this life. I'm preparing you when you read my word. You are already equipped and prepared. So you don't have to, you know, I know it hurts to let go of whatever the trials and tribulations that life throws at us. But I've won on the cross and I've given you the kingdom of heaven. So there you have it. You can let everything go. It's already there with me. Our loved ones are already there with him. That is part of the training. That's part of the hard training as an athlete. The kind of training that makes your stomach hurt and makes you fall down, but you're even stronger when you get up the next day. That is what he is preparing us for and making us raise so we don't have to say we're Sunday Christian Christians or we're sometimes Christians. Sometimes I'm, I'm a Christian when things are good. When, er- when everything is right, right with me and the Lord, yeah, I have my health, I have my health, my, I have a house, I have my car, money in the bank, God is good, praise God, hallelujah. But what happens if you don't have any of that? Are we still standing on the rock? The rain falls on the just and the unjust, okay? That's what the word of God says. So we, understanding these things, we are prepared for life. We are prepared for the storm. We are prepared to stand on the water and walk like Peter. But we'll make it to Jesus. We ain't going to look down. We're going to keep walking to him because he's on the other side waiting for us with his arms open. Hallelujah. So, your foundation. Don't let the enemy deceive you. Don't let, when the storms come, don't let him make you think you're, in, you're standing on sand, that you're not equipped, you're not prepared. You are prepared, people of God. As soon as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become prepared. You have your foundation solid, rooted on the rock. Unmovable, unshakable. For every storm, every trial, every tribulation, every battle, hallelujah. That is what Jesus has given us. He's given us victories. He's given us the keys to heaven. So we're ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Are you ready? Listen, you got to be about that life. That's what the young folks say. You about that. You want all the smoke. You want all the smoke. You're like, let's go. Let's go. Let's get ready. I, I'm, I'm ready for tomorrow, the next day and the next, because Jesus is with me. I got my rock, and that's all I need. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's what I got for y'all. Praise God. Praise God.